0: People were starting to drive by, but Rebecca had become so absorbed in her gardening that it apparently hadn't occurred to her to put on some proper clothes. I stopped and said hello from my car window. We chatted for a few minutes about the weather, about how the kids were adjusting to their new school, but as we talked, I sensed a sadness in the way Rebecca planted, a mournfulness, as if she were placing each seedling in a tiny plot, a tiny little grave and they were bright red impatience that she was planting. There's always something frantic about that kind of bold color choice for the front of a house. I said goodbye, and when I glanced back at Rebecca through my rearview mirror, it looked from the distance like there was a thin trail of blood leading all the way from the house to the spot where she knelt. I told her I would do the planting, but she likes to do it herself, Linda Barlow, the McAllister's landscaper, told me later that day at the post office. I think she's lonely up there. I almost never see the husband. Linda knew I had sold them the house, and she seemed to imply that I had been derelict somehow in assuring the healthy acclamation of one of Wendover's newest treasures, the McAllisters. The wonderful McAllisters, as Wendy Heatherton liked to call them. Wendy Heatherton and I had actually co-brokered the sale. I had the listing. Wendy from Sotheby's had the wonderful McAllisters. It takes time, I said to Linda. I guess, she replied. Wendy Heatherton's having a party for them next weekend. They'll meet some nice people there. Oh, yeah, all the nice fancy people, Linda laughed. You going? I have to, I said. I was flipping through my mail. It was mostly bills, bills and junk. Is it hard going to parties for you? I mean, now? Linda touched my wrist gently and softened her voice when she said this. What do you mean now? I shot back. Oh, nothing, Hildy, she stammered. Well, good night, Linda, I said, and turned so that she wouldn't see how red my face had become. Imagine Linda Barlow worrying about whether it's hard for me to go to parties. I hadn't seen poor Linda at a party since we were in high school. And the way she pitied Rebecca McAllister. Rebecca was married to one of the wealthiest men in New England, had two lovely children, and lived on an estate that had once belonged to Judge Raymond Barlow, Linda's own grandfather. Linda had grown up playing at that big old house, with those gorgeous views of the harbor and the islands, but, you know, the family money had run out, the property had exchanged hands a few times, and now Linda lived in an apartment above the pharmacy in Wendover Crossing. Rebecca paid Linda to tend to some of her very same heirloom perennials, the luscious peonies, the fragrant tea rose, lilac, and honeysuckle bushes, and all the bright beds of lilies, daffodils, and irises that her own grandmother had planted there over half a century ago. So while it was laughable, really, that she might worry about me, it was positively absurd that she pitied Rebecca. I show homes to a lot of important people, politicians, doctors, lawyers, even the occasional celebrity. But the first time I saw Rebecca, the day I showed her the Barlow place, I have to admit, I was a little at a loss for words. A line from a poem that I had helped one of my daughters memorize for school many years before came to mind. I knew a woman, lovely in her bones. Rebecca was probably 30 or 31 at the time, I had googled Brian McAllister before the showing and had expected to meet an older woman. People must think he's her father is what I thought then, except for the fact that there was something very wise and understanding about her face, a sort of serenity in her expression that women don't usually acquire until their kids are grown. Rebecca's hair is dark, almost black, and that morning it had been pulled up into a messy ponytail with a colorful little scarf around it, but it was easy to see that when she let it down, it was quite long and wavy. She shook my hand and smiled at me. She's one of those women who smiles mostly with her eyes, and her eyes appeared to be gray one minute, green the next. I guess it had to do with the light. She was a little thin then, but her whole frame is tiny, and she wasn't as gaunt as she later seemed. She was petite. She was beautiful. She moved in circles, and those circles moved. Same poem. Although I still don't recall the name of the poet, but she was one of those effortlessly graceful women who make you feel like an ogress if you stand too close. I'm not fat, but I could lose a few. Wendy Heatherton is slim, but she's had all sorts of liposuctioning and flesh tucking. I don't know who the hell she thought she was kidding when she was carrying on about that gallbladder operation a few years back. It's a well-known fact that the McAllister's had sunk a fortune into the year-long renovation of the old Barlow Place. Brian McAllister, for those who don't know, is one of the founders of R.E. Kerwin, one of the world's largest...